section thirty eight of humorous readings and recitations this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen humorous readings and recitations edited by leopold wagner section thirty eight billy dumps the tailor by charles clark billy dumps was very fond of spending his evenings with his two cronies natty dyer a shoemaker and netty tooson an umbrella mender at the cunning cat just round the corner this worthy trio seldom left their favorite haunt before closing time much to the disgust of their respective helpmates mrs dumps in particular billy dumps was a tailor working as he termed it on his own hook as his prices were moderate and his work durable he earned a pretty good living making and mending for his neighbors chiefly of the dock laboring class but his nightly orgies at the cunning cat made sad inroads into his hard earnings which tended much to sour betsy's otherwise naturally good temper the climax was reached one eventful evening on the occasion of a free and easy being held at the old quarters after which billy for prudential reasons was escorted home at midnight by his two associates all fully bent on informing the sleepy neighborhood at the top of their voices that they were jolly good fellows supplemented by a further assertion of and so say all of us finishing up by depositing the confiding tailor at full length in his own front passage through the door being inadvertently left ajar where he laid and snored in blissful ignorance of the trials and troubles of his life until rather rudely awakened and then somewhat briskly assisted upstairs by betsy and a broom handle now mr billy dumps i am tired of sitting up for you night after night and mean to do so no longer so if you are not in when our clock strikes ten i locks the door and you finds other lodgings exclaimed betsy his wife on the morning after the free and easy taylor dumps felt small after the previous night's dissipation and determined to get home earlier and sober that evening but under the influence of the soothing pipe the nut-brown ale and the merry laugh and jest of his boon companions he was induced to forget his late resolution and to prolong his stay at the cunning cat until aroused to the fact that it was ten o'clock and closing time on reaching home all was still and dark strange he went round to the back door and thumped loudly the bedroom casement flew open with a bang from which instantly protruded the night-capped head of the wife of his bosom billy at once tried the high hand shouting now then sleepy what's your game be spry and open sharp no she wasn't going to be spry neither was she sleepy and as to her little game she had locked him out according to promise so didn't intend unlocking again that night not if she knew it oh no now betsy don't be a fool you'll repent it he urged she wasn't a fool she answered in her opinion he was the biggest fool to be hammering and shivering outside at that time of night when he might have been comfortably lying in a warm bed hours ago as for repentance she thought that would be more on his side of the door for she felt comfortable very billy fumed and stormed and fully felt the ridiculousness of his position especially as he heard sounds of the neighboring casement stealthily unclosed and suppressed indications of merriment issuing therefrom but billy stormed to no purpose 
betsy coolly recommended him to go back where he had spent such a pleasant evening she was sure mrs mudge the landlady would be only too pleased to accommodate him with a lodging if she wasn't she ought to be considering the time and money he spent in her house but billy had his own ideas of that arrangement so still lingered determined to try another tact he promised amendment but betsy was sceptical he appealed to her feelings let me in betsy for i am cold that she could not help as he had made his bed so he must lie he then became affectionate oh betsy you are unkind remember old times remember our wedding day he pleaded thinking to touch her that way but betsy was not going to be had by soft sodder for she promptly rejoined remember our wedding day you drunken sot i do to my sorrow no fear of my forgetting that great mistake but as i told you before into this house this blessed night you do not step no not if you were to go on your knees and beg for it ah betsy you'll be sorry for this when too late i'm determined to end my misery i'll jump down the well and drown myself and you'll be the cause of it whined billy the night was dark betsy felt a little relenting as she heard her husband groping about in the woodshed then she could dimly discern him making for the well plainly hear the creaking of the hinges and the lid thrown back with a thud then came the cry of good-bye betsy i'm gone the dull sound of a heavy body plunging into the water a gasping moan and all was still betsy's old affection for her erring husband at once returned with tenfold force for she raced downstairs rushing into the darkness shrieking for help the neighbors were aroused men and women tumbled out of their back doors in such scanty dishevel that would have charmed a sculpture betsy still screeching like a bagpipe had to be forcibly restrained from jumping to the rescue by the bystanders dick ward the blacksmith thrust the bucket pole into the well singing out lay hold billy if ye ain't too fur gone i can feel un shouted dick as the pole struck some hard substance with a sounding smack my eye dick he'll feel you too if that's billy's head you tapped said nat it ud be one for his knob and no mistake they caught a glimpse by the uncertain light of a flaming candle of a something floating low on the surface of the water his head feels as hard as a coconut said dick as the pole rattled on the dark object why it seems off his shoulders for it goes bobbing up and down like a dumplin in a soup kettle just then to the astonishment of all the well-known voice of billy dumps was heard from the identical bedroom window that his wife had so lately vacated shouting hello you people what the deuce are ye makin such a rumpus for a ghost a ghost was the cry no fear laughed the tailor but dick as you have the pole in hand i should feel obliged if you'd fish up my chopping-block which i dropped in there a while ago betsy dumps at the sound of her husband's voice made for the door but found it fastened let me in let me in i am so glad you are safe she joyously exclaimed not if i know it betsy it's my turn now into this house this blessed night you do not step no not if you were to go on your knees and beg for it a loud laugh broke from the crowd as the joke dawned on them betsy was being paid back in her own coin the neighborhood had been sold the crafty tailor had secured the chopping block from the woodshed and popped it down the well as his substitute then in the darkness and confusion slipped back into the house unseen 
betsy having been accommodated for the night by a friendly neighbor the crowd dispersed highly amused at the adventure early the next morning mrs dumps on returning home was surprised to find her husband up a cheerful fire burning and the breakfast ready taking her hand he gave her a hearty kiss with this greeting dear old woman let bygones be bygones and they were too for from that time the cunning cat knew him no more it struck him strongly that his wife's true affection shown in the hour of his supposed great danger was too precious to trifle with as a proof that he kept his word let it be added that any one visiting the large thriving tailoring establishment in the high street would hardly recognize in the respectable dapper proprietor mr william dumps the once drunken tailor so long a nightly nuisance to the neighborhood by permission of the author end of section thirty eight